Should we talk iPhone or should we go with the foldables? Well, you know my vote. I mean, the iPhone's going to take me 10 seconds. Yeah, 13 is <laughs> good. Guy. We know the iPhone. It's got slightly <laughs> better cameras than last year. It's available in a new color. Re- rectangle better. Yes. Yeah, and the, screen, the screen's better. We've talked yep. about the iPhone. <laughs> this guy. Look at this. Andrew, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else, what else is there to say? Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I am John Rettinger. Geared Up is your look at the world of tech and gadgets. And this week, John... Wait, hold on. We're back. We're a little more tanned than we were the last time we did a podcast. That's true. Well, you were out there on the beach. I was out there. We've been to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And while we were in Hawaii... Yes. We ran into somebody. We sure did. Not only did we run into him... Our next guest. Our greatest guest, I think. Of course, at least the guest with the greatest head of hair that we've ever had. I mean, that's, that, that's obvious. Did we just give it away? I think we may have just revealed. Well, the revealed only way the to guest. reveal that is to say the greatest head of hair combined with it's the hair voice collaboration that always gets me with this man. That's fair. It's a rare, it's a rare combo from a rare human. <laughs> that's correct. That is correct. It is Mr. Mobile Michael Fisher. How are you doing today? I'm very well, and you guys are very well practiced in the art of flattering a guest to such a degree that he just has to say yes every time you ask him on. So thank you. We like to introduce our guests so that they ever play the show for their parents. Oh, that their, right. their parents can puff their chest with pride yeah. and say, that's my son, that's my daughter, Man. listen to this introduction. I have no idea what they do for a living. Exactly. But somebody respects That's it. it. Mr. And Mr. and Mrs. Mobile, you've done a wonderful <laughs> job. We have no idea about, about the skill set, but the genetic material, as, as far as the hair and voice are concerned, not bad. Can your parents accurately describe to their friends what you do for a living? So my dad, yes, and my mom, yes, now, but she was she took a while. Like she, what my favorite was the phase that lasted a couple of years where she would have friends over and they'd ask what I do. I said, Well, I make videos telling you whether tech is any good or not. And then there'd be a couple beats as they processed that, and my mother would go, on the internet. <laughs> so as to make it clear, you know, that I wasn't on CNN or anything like that. No, no. They now both understand what I do and they're both very proud, yes. What about you guys? Hmm, that's a good question. I feel like almost no one in my family can accurately describe, like, I think they can describe what I do. I make video reviews, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if you ask them the question, oh, how does he make money? Oh, no idea. Then they're just baffled. They're baffled. For sure. How does that happen? Yeah. They never get there, though, because the first question is always invariably, do you get to keep that stuff? Oh, that's true. Every every time. First first question from everybody. (laughs) (laughs) My parents describe things the same way. I don't know what he does. He's on the, he makes videos on the internet. (laughs) He doesn't, he hasn't asked for money. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't asked for money. (laughs) Have we finally gotten past the phase of that's not a real job? Oh, yeah. No, Remember that one? I, you don't think we're, I don't we're past think that? So oh, entirely, I'm totally, no. I'm thankfully very past that. Because I think the YouTuber mystique carries a lot of it, you know? With my parents, we're past that. But a lot of people are like, I don't understand mm-hmm. that as, as a career. Yeah. And they just think it's just not hard work at all. It's just simple. Oh. I mean, I think a lot of people think that. I guess that's okay. Like, that means I feel like I, when people think that, I don't take offense. It means that we've done a good job making it look easy. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good perspective. So I, 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 I take like it as a, as a positive. As a positive. Yeah, I think I expect that more than I get it. Like I'm all ready to defend the craft. You know, I'm all ready <laughs> yeah. to say, no, it's really hard work. And people are like, it, more often than not, people are like, oh man, I don't know if I could ever do that. All that stuff, like video editing. Oh, that's 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 intimidating to me. And I'm like, oh, actually, yeah, it was to me too. And then I found out I loved it. So, you know, the world is cool sometimes. Yes. 
I want to slide into our first topic here. Speaking of cool, John, we have are been you following. Me, are, you, are you are you calling me cool? Well, now, now you have to be cool because we've been following your saga of what <laughs> what is John gonna do with his car, right? Now you did something with your car. You, I did. I mean, a few months ago you did something with your. You got another Tesla vehicle. However, not a few months ago. Two years ago, my lease is up. It's already been wow. that long. Okay, so your lease wow. was yeah. up. Okay, so lease ended. You had several. You had, I think, about 18 different EVs pre-ordered. I had every EV on reserve. I had to get a car before the end of the year. Really, Matt didn't matter to me that much what it was. I just, I need to get something. And then I got to pick from a few options as Wait we got closer minute. to the end of the Wait year. Wait a minute. This man says, I need to get something before the end of the year. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, okay, it, it, and what it, it, does it he matter- get? What okay, does wait, he end on. up with? It mattered, it mattered when I had choices and I knew I was going to have <laughs> options. Then I got a pick. I just needed to have something be available yes. for the end of the year. And it turned yes. out I had a couple options that ended up being available. Okay. Walk us through okay. what has happened in the past week or so with you. I had decided I was going to get – I've been driving uh, electric cars for eight years. I've, I've loved the Tesla. It's been Teslas for eight years. I had in my head I really want to try something different. I just, I wanted to, I'm looking at some version of the same thing for eight years. I want to try something new. I decided I was going to get one of the new Mercedes, the electric, the EQS is what I was going to get. I had one reserved. It was at the dealership. It was amazing. And the car is available to be sold on December 6th. Dealership calls me, I believe on the first. I'm like, hey, your car is in. Here's some pictures of it. It looks awesome. Hey, by the way, there's a market adjustment on your car. Oh. It's like, oh, Okay. Mark adjustment is a nice way of saying we're marking up your car. Oh, uh, they decided to put a $50,000 dealer markup on the car. You are kidding. Which is, was my reaction as well, which is obscene. Obscene and offensive. Wait, well, how did they say – did they say it like it was all nice? Like, hey, just no, no big deal. No, they, just... they like – they super mumbled it. Wow. Like, $50,000 dealer markup. I was like, it's like five. 15? And I get that cars are scarce right now. I understand that. Every car is, is hard to find. And there are some market adjustments that perhaps happen. $50,000 I found offensive. And if anybody from Mercedes is listening, I did reach out to Mercedes corporate and tell them, essentially, this is why your dealer model is flawed. So I told them that they could take their car and <laughs> find somebody else to buy it. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> and uh, I, I, I took delivery on Saturday of my brand new Lucid Air Dream Edition Performance. The Lucid Air Dream Edition performance model. Correct. How many of these are they making? They are making 520 of them. You have one of 520 of the first Lucid vehicles to roll off. They're shipping the GT version after that, which is, which is very similar in all fairness. It's not a, not a huge difference between the Dream and the GTs. The difference is the fact that it's a Dream. Just like the Model S Plaid, if you have one of the, what, is it like 10 of them or something that have like the Plaid badge, the badge. on the back? Yeah. Oh, it matters. It, it, it matters like to that. me. It's like that. It has a little more, little more power than the GT, but the cars are essentially the same except for the power. Okay. So, Lucid calls you. Hey. Because they changed it to the Dream Edition so, for you, yeah, right? So, so I, I had reserved the GT in June and I selected a box. Like, hey, if a Dream becomes available, let me know. Mm. So, this thing with Mercedes happened and I was just grossed out by it. So, I emailed Lucid. I'm like, hey, if a Dream Edition is available, it met my requirements I needed for some of the tax things that I wanted. I said, call me. So, they said, okay, we'll call you if one of them is available. They called me a week later saying we have a slot. Configure your car. I configured a beautiful white 
one. And then they let me know, we might not be able to deliver it for the end of the year. But if you're willing to take a black one, we have one ready to be shipped and delivered. Mm. I said, okay. I never had a black car. Fine. Then they had it delivered. It took delivery on Saturday. Congratulations, man. I just had to look up photos of this vehicle and it's it's a, a stunner. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I'm super excited. That's been a, a long going, almost like running joke in this, the podcast. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. It's a little on the flashy side, which is something that, you know, I've been driving a Model 3 for a few years, which is like a, a Civic yeah. here in Southern California. So it's definitely a, a bit different. When I drove this vehicle, not your vehicle, but the Lucid Air on a media event, it's just so cool. So I want, I want to know, because I, I want to hear from you as an owner of this. You told the yes. story of how you got it. Yes. How, yes. Does, how does it feel driving it, using it, et cetera? It's very different, right? I, I was not used to more of a, a luxury experience. So that was awesome. I never drove a Model S Plaid. I drove the Model S Long Range, which is the new one, which is very, yeah. very fast. So this is my first like Plaid-esque experience. I took my wife out. We went out for a little date to celebrate on Saturday. I put it in the sprint mode and I floored it. And she made me promise to never do that again. Date was over. <laughs> yeah. Was this before dinner or after dinner, John? Which is before, fortunately, before dinner. Good, 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 good. It's, it's, it's just different. And I really, I wanted to look at something different. So it, it, it accomplishes that, that task. You're, you're very subdued about, about why am I more excited than you are, is my question. How about this? The hardware of the car is amazing. The fit and finish and build quality is, is incredible. When I, and I, I'm not used to that. When I picked up my Model 3, the bumper wasn't connected. <laughs> and I'm not, like, I think I'm not making a joke. And they really no, had to take yeah. it back and, yeah. and reconnect the bumper. The fit and finish is amazing. And I expected the software to need updates. And it needs updates. There are things that aren't working properly and things that aren't there yet. Dream Drive isn't enabled. It's sort of their autopilot equivalent. It's not enabled yet. Uh, it's, it's coming mm-hmm. over the air. Wireless CarPlay is coming, but it's not enabled yet. But all of these things will just come... Is 1.0.4 is what's in my car. Okay. I mean, so we are early in that I mean, this, is, this is really one of the very first cars that Lucid has made as far as retail, like to sell to yeah. a consumer. So like, I'm, I'm, Vin, I'm Vin in the 2000s, but I'm Dream number 78. Hmm. So I don't I think I don't, they have not delivered that many cars. I'm, I guess I'm under 100 as far as what's actually been been delivered. Okay. So obviously this car is still new to you. You're going to learn more about it. You're going to get more used to it over time. We will have to come back to this because... Absolutely. I'll have many updates. I'll have many updates. I I don't mean to talk smack about anything, but when Andrew told me that this was part of the rundown, John's new vehicle, I got my wires crossed because I haven't really paid attention to Twitter for a few weeks. I've just been kind of weirdly offline. Oh, that's magical. For some reason, I I just, I I thought for about 10 minutes that you had gotten a Rivian, John. Mm. And I know that there's a lot of fans of this vehicle out there. I just, I see those headlights and I just, I burst out laughing involuntarily <laughs> every time. I am, I am a, not a headlight appreciator when it comes to the Rivian. So I'm glad you didn't get that. I think it's split. I think people either love it or laugh at it. I don't think there's really any in between. They're like yeah. stadium, they look like stadium seats. You know, they're long. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And I, I, I think I expressed that opinion once on Twitter and like four of the 28 responses were like, why can't you just appreciate something different, man? Why does everything have to be the same? And I'm like, oof. All right. Hit me to my core oh. there. All right. All right. All right. I'll shut up. <laughs> can, Good call. Can I just talk for a second about the online community? Because I had no idea. Oh, please do. Yeah. The Tesla online community. Right. Oh. And I'm somebody who's, who owns many and has driven them. Justine didn't expect this. And have nothing bad to say about them. I just want something different. <laughs> Took a lot of offense. <laughs> wow. Let's just say to, to somebody driving something different than that. I, I think that community appears to be 
more toxic than the Apple Android community, which is I did not think was possible. I've seen that as well. The nicest guy in cars, formerly the nicest guy in tech, Tim Stevens, just has been getting blown up by Tesla fans for what, two weeks at this point? For It wasn't even a bad review, was it? No, he just said there's phantom braking. There's phantom braking in autopilot, and because of that he couldn't recommend the car, yeah. which is a le- like a very Sh- legitimate complaint. Uh huh. Yeah. I it, mean, anybody yeah. who knows Tim, he is the most objective. Can put any bias like I, I sent. I sent him a personal note after all that happened. His review I thought was very fair, and he got creamed unnecessarily for it. Yeah. Tribalism, toxic and bad. How dare us have opinions? Yeah, yeah. amen. I mean, we're all used to this, right? We, we give our, that's what we do. We give our opinions for a living yep. and then we deal with people who are mad at us for right. having we are. our own so, thoughts on things. I know right. we have topics, but we have Michael Fisher as our guest. I like to we share sure Michael do. Fisher's story if I can. Oh, oh, oh. buckle Wait, up. You're going to share his story. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I have a story about him. Oh, pl- oh, I want to hear this then. So yes. all three of us were at the were at the Qualcomm Tech Summit in, in beautiful Big Island in Hawaii. And I think Andrew was at a, a different table, but I, I sat next to Michael for a dinner. And Michael was wearing a normal pair of shorts, normal human shorts. They didn't look anything crazy. They did have cargo pockets. <laughs> Proceeds to sit down and pull out, of these, pull out of these pockets, not one phone, not two phones as he's known to carry, not three phones, which would have probably been a lot, but four phones out of his pocket and not little phones i mean one was the z flip but we're talking big sony phone i mean, we're, we're big big phones he plunks that on the table and then just like looks around to see if anybody noticed <laughs> <laughs> i did no such thing i just put him down and went and got some food <laughs> i mean just it was, such, it was such like a man like a Boom. What's up? <laughs> like he's playing dominoes. What's up? Slapping <laughs> down that Leica phone. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That was a that was a lovely dinner we had. And I want to thank you for your um, unapproved and unintentional cameo in my uh, Sony video. So thank you. Abs- <laughs> absolutely. And he had all these phones because he was testing all of these phones. So when you see this coverage, those are really being used and really being tested, which I think is rarer than most people think in the space. Oh, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And those shorts were at capacity, I, I must they were, say. They were yeah. max capacity, yeah. <laughs> now, a couple of weeks prior to that, at the MediaTek Summit, ah. where I also saw Mr. Fisher. War of the um, Summit. In Laguna Beach. Yes. That's right. Congratulations again, Andrew, on being the best chef on the grounds. Uh, once again, Thank best you so taco much. chef. Thank you so much. There. Well recognized by a celebrity chef. Richard Blaze. Richard Blaze said it. <laughs> but my favorite portion of that entire cooking experience was turning around. So I'm, I'm making my tacos and I turn to my right <laughs> and I see Mr. Fisher. Oh, he, no. is, he is barefoot. <laughs> I don't think he's wearing shorts. I think his pants are rolled up. <laughs> he's like Huckleberry Finn fishing, right? But he's wearing an apron. And from the, the angle that I saw him with the pants rolled up, it looked like he was wearing a dress. It was amazing. Like he was just he was just over there cooking in a dress. And I was like, this is why I come to these events. This is confidence, right? Yes, that's absolutely. Right. I was going to say, it didn't look bad, did it? Because it, it, no, it looked pretty not. good, right? It's, I mean, that's, you, that's all that matters. Now, right? in all fairness, you, you do have the legs for it. Hey, man. I mean, you. so you could have pulled it off. <laughs> what did I tell you, folks? They just they just flatter you. They flatter you so you always come on. God, I'm blushing over here. I'm ready in a hot food. I got to say, gentlemen, it, it was, I know we got to get into things. So those were just great. It was great to spend time with you all both in the real world and the, the those summits were just fantastic. So 
It's really nice to talk to you after having seen you again. Yes. All right. Last time you were on, Mr. Fisher, we were talking about the up at the time upcoming rumored MacBook Pro. Ooh. And then you said when we were done, when this gets released, I would like to come back onto the show to talk about what I think of it after I have it. So question for you. Have you picked up the newest MacBook Pro from Apple yet? Let me ask you a question. How do I look? <laughs> you look beautiful. Are you FaceTiming us from your MacBook FaceTiming Pro? FaceTiming you. You look like a non-potato camera. That's outstanding. That's what I'm going for. I'm FaceTiming you from, yes, the 16-inch M1 Max, the maxed out, the top shelf edition. And I just had occasion to talk to a stranger in the cafe who said, are you leaving? When he was going to take my seat, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, cool, because the power outlet's right under you. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't notice that there was a power outlet in here because I've stopped looking for them because I, yes. I got this machine. And we talked about it for like five minutes. Yeah, it's a tour de force. I've had it for, what, two or three weeks now? It's been my production machine, maybe four weeks. I can't wait to hear what y'all think about these things because I love it to the degree that I can't even talk about it that much because I haven't thought about it that much because I've just used it as a tool and it hasn't interrupted me or screwed me over in almost any way, a couple bugs aside. Which is different compared to your previous experience with the the older models. I, I remember you had some MacBook Pro issues, but you were yeah. stuck with them because you used Final Cut Pro. Absolutely Which right. is obviously the only place you can use those. So versus before to now, it's, yeah. I'm assuming, it, night and day. Well, I think, you know, when, when Apple redid the, uh, the, the keyboard and when they, they released that 16-inch one, and what was that, 2019? Yes. You know, the Intel one, I was like, okay, you know, good. I can type on this as comfortable. I loved that machine too, but I didn't realize the extent to which M1 Max would. <laughs> I mean, look, I've edited two videos now on two separate transcontinental flights and never had to worry about plugging in. That is, yeah, that's, that is crazy. insane to me. You know, everyone, we all talk about the things we love having back, the SD card for sure, MagSafe, LOL, yes. But I find most profound the things I just don't have to worry about right now. The fact that I can carry a single charger for everything that's USB-C. I don't even need to carry the MagSafe thing because I don't need that extra wattage. It just lasts. And <laughs> I was, before you guys called up, what was that? The Fat Boy Slims? A weapon of choice. I was blasting <laughs> weapon of choice in this sound booth and dancing like an idiot. And I mean, these are the best speakers I've ever heard on a laptop. And they are much better than the last best speakers I ever heard on a laptop, which was the last MacBook Pro. I mean, look, the thing is a monster. I would love it more if I didn't just use it and consider it a tool. It's wonderful. How do you feel about it? For me, I feel very similar to the things that you just said. I use a Mac Pro as my main computer for work and editing. Hey, how much, how much RAM's in your Mac Pro? I have 768 gigs Ooh. of RAM in the Mac Pro, <laughs> which I know is ridiculous, but it was, <laughs> it was a video I did with a brand where they were like, let's show how you can just max out a Mac Pro. So I've got this ridiculous amount of RAM in there. I have like a 40 terabyte RAID inside, like a MPX module. And then I have another eight gig SSD. So the problem that I have is... Look at that flex. Is it hard? Are you going to rip your shirt with that much flexing? <laughs> <laughs> I want, well, here's the thing. Despite all of those specs, I feel like the laptop at 64 gigs of RAM, which is about 12 times less than what I have in the Mac Pro, is at the very least even, if not faster. 
It's at the very least even in speed. That's for video editing. Nuts. That is not fast. Nuts. So my problem is, if I want to switch from the Mac Pro to the MacBook Pro, which seems like it would make a lot of sense. The problem is storage. I have so much storage that I use. I use all that internal storage in there. It's not full, but it, I use a lot of it. Oh, and I also have four, eight, 12. There's 14 Thunderbolt 3 ports on here. And I use, I use a lot of those too. I don't, not every single one of them. I probably use six of them, six or seven of them, where the MacBook Pro has three. That's three Thunderbolt 4 ports. So I need some sort of dock and I need to figure out moving stuff from the internal storage to some sort of external fast Stored like SSD type storage. So I'm it's just to, figuring that out. I'm trying to visualize what you're doing with on this machine, what Andrew. Mean? Like, I mean, what, what, That's well, why, nuts. Do you, why do you need all this? This is, this is my main machine. You know, I, I don't even need a dock. What are you doing over there? Well, so let's see. So I have a, a pro display XDR. So that takes up one Thunderbolt port. I have the Rode Procaster that we do the podcast with, which I believe is USB A. Is that not USB C using okay. USB C on that? But I have a few different Thunderbolt 3 drives. So I have an archive drive that I store recent projects on that I think I might pull stuff from. So let's say I do an iPhone 13 review, right? And I have a bunch of B-roll for that review. If I'm going to do any follow-ups or other iPhone 13 content, I know I can pull some B-roll from previous projects. So I'll keep that on like fast external storage. Then I have a Drobo that's also Thunderbolt where I store old projects. So like, let's make my archive. Yeah. I have like 40 terabytes on the Drobo, but then inside the machine, listen, I just have a lot of storage. Okay. There's storage all over the place. There's a time machine drive in there. So it's just, you know, it would be amazing if there was somebody would make, would make something where you could store files like on somebody else's computer, but you could do it like I don't know what you would call it. You could access it like anywhere, right? I mean, anywhere, could, right? Like, like it would be it, almost like it was in the sky, or like in the fog. That oh, the is fog. Ex- yeah, would You're be a cool service somebody should come up with. <laughs> Forty terabytes of data in the cloud. <laughs> Cloud's a good word. Oh, that you know what? Copyright it before Andrew gets it. <laughs> I'll just uh, say that sounds expensive. Now, which is one reason why I'm. I mean, one of many reasons why I'm very jealous of David Kogan, also yeah. another great head of hair. He got in on Google storage grandfathered where he got an unlimited plan. So at one time I was like, David, what are you, why are you uploading? What are you doing? He was like, oh, I'm just uploading every video I've ever made to Google's cloud. I was (laughs) like, that sounds really expensive. He was like, no, I pay like, I think it was like 20 bucks a month for unlimited storage. Yeah. I'm like, how how much storage are you using? He's like, oh, probably a few dozen terabytes. (laughs) What? He's like, yeah, I'm never canceling this. I am never, ever canceling this. So yeah. I mean, in all fairness, you could be replacing a Mac Pro with a billion gigabyte. I mean, you could you'd probably save some money on Magic if you sold the Mac Pro. That is Pro. true. That's true. Yeah. I'm basically I'm basically going to wait for the spring where we're all expecting to see the iMac Pro. Mm. The iMac Pro is rumored to have up to two of the current M1 Max chips. So the top I can't end. even comprehend that amount I know. of speed. Exactly. Dual, Dual M1 Max. Dual wow. M1 Max on your desktop with a you know 5K <laughs> display and all that. I think that'll be the machine that I that I move from the Mac Pro with. 
I mean, let me, what, Michael, what's your export time? So let's say on a, a 10 minute 4K video, oh my God, what's your fast. export time? On a 10 minute 4K video, it's actually not all that much faster. The render times are what's faster for the export. I mean, we're talking probably, it still takes about uh, 10 minutes, maybe. So it's like, what's like close to, to one to one ish? Yeah, 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 roughly. I mean, is that what you're getting as well? Am I using a weird codec? No, I no, no, I think, that's, I think that's pretty right. Yeah. A- Andrew, for, for your Beast machine, how is it for you? I set up a custom export in compressor, so I don't know what the what the typical thing would be, but mine exports a 4K 24p. If it's a 10 minute video, it'll probably do it in seven ish minutes. Okay, mm. so and 30, that so same, but that same compression on the MacBook Pro is about two minutes faster. I can do it in half the time. So if it's 10 minutes video, I can do it in five minutes, which is that. That's and the rendering. I mean, is, is, the rendering though is. Oh, the, the rendering, rendering on this machine, the <laughs> rendering that. on the Beast takes forever for some yeah. reason. Yeah. And rendering on the MacBook Pro is almost instantaneous. I don't even know what they're doing. That's, uh, you got to love it. Say, just for devil's advocate, though, don't you have some Thunderbolt ports on the back of that Pro Display XDR you can just plug some things into and use that as your dock? No, because the Pro Display XDR connects to the machine over Thunderbolt, but only has USB ports, not Thunderbolt ports. Interesting. Actually, I didn't so know. So you that. can't plug in any Thunderbolt devices because since it's a 6K display, it uses the vast majority of that bandwidth for the yeah. display. It doesn't have enough bandwidth to also pass through Thunderbolt as well. I can't wait until I have a crew that can that can think about this kind of stuff because it's so funny, Andrew. Like I feel Me like too. I'm <laughs> like I artificially limit myself. People think I'm insane, but I don't even use a mouse when I'm editing on this thing because there's this like leftover DNA from the days where we really had to do everything on a real shoestring. And like I have always edited right on a laptop. I've always edited with a trackpad and not with an external monitor because I want it to feel the same whether I'm at home or in an airplane seat. You know, I don't want to lose any efficiency as a result of being on the road. So I you t- I talk about monitors and docks and things that just fills me with anxiety. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want to get used to any of those creature comforts. I want to be <laughs> hunched over and not uncomfortably sweating out. No, not even a mouse. Uh-uh. Don't need that. <laughs> Speaking of creature comforts, let's move on. Let's move on to our main, our main, the main dish discussion point today. Let's go over. It's December. It's, it's, it's late December here, guys. The end of the year, just a couple of weeks away. Let's talk about the smartphones that we've used this year, that we've liked, disliked, etc. It's interesting because I was trying to make a list of the different phones, you know, the, the mass market ones, but there's also like the, the outliers, of course. But from a mass market perspective, it seems here in the U.S., because we're U.S. centric, we're based here, iPhone, Galaxy, Samsung's foldables and Pixel. Is there any other major phone in the U.S. that I'm missing that I'm not thinking of? Hey, OnePlus. The night with the the nine. OnePlus. OnePlus. That's true. That's true. I'm taking a look at the archive here. I feel like they're still niche. Yeah, they are still niche. I would agree, but they deserve a mention. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, if we're going OnePlus, you know, you could take it one more step. You can give an honorable shout to the ROG phone, those gaming ultimate devices, which I thought they did a good job on this year, but super niche for sure. Maybe some Moto. Moto's a little niche now too. Jeez. Yeah. What, what did they Moto like, release? 18 phones this year? They're all Moto Gs. There's like, <laughs> yeah, they're all Gs. like 30 Moto Gs. Every successive press event, I'm like, guys, give me at least an X here. Like, like make something <laughs> mildly aspirational. And then, you know, the edge is what we got, I guess. And then there's that Sony one. Well, which one should we start with? If we're starting a conversation about phones in 2021, where do we start? 
Can we start with Samsung? Let's start with the S21 line. Okay. I think Samsung has done an incredible job this year with their phones. I, I really do. From the foldables to their flagships. I think they let Qualcomm do a lot of their processing, which was nice for, for this generation with the 888. I've, I've been generally very impressed with Samsung phones this year, more than I have in, in, in previous years. Yeah, the S21, I thought I was done with after we did the initial round of coverage because I was like, they don't fold. I don't really care. Whatever. Good job. Fine. But then, you know, every single phone that came out and purported to compete with that telephoto that you could get here in the States really just can't. From a processing perspective, sure. But just from a raw reach standpoint, I went to an air show in the late spring and I took some photos with that S21 Ultra that it was literally impossible to get with any other phone. I mean, Kogan had a had a camera the size of a school bus and he was getting some great <laughs> shots. But 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 like short of that, you couldn't use any other phone besides the S21 Ultra and maybe one of the Huawei's to get the shots I got of that airship. So, I mean, tremendous achievement optically, I, for sure. I agree. And I think what I appreciated from Samsung was the S20 Ultra with their space zoom looked like an oil painting. Sure did. Now, I know they took the zoom down, but the improvement generation to generation, when you see something that drastic improved, I can appreciate that. It's not a perfect phone, but there's there's a brand who saw a problem and did at least work to correct it within 12 months. Well, they made the problem. They made the problem. I mean, they, sure, they made the problem, <laughs> but they did recognize it as a problem and work to correct it. Yes. Yeah. And actually, they, they corrected it even a half year later because on the, the last note, it also had the super zoom, but it wasn't the 100x super zoom. It was a much more reasonable telephoto length and also the pictures looked a lot better. So they kind of took two steps to get there. But I agree with you. Like they didn't just leave it there and just hang their hat on the spec. So quick question. If we get a next generation phone, let's sell the, the S22 that has an S Pen, do they call it the S22 or they call it the Note 22? Does a Note name come back? I think Note's gone. No, I think the Note name gets transformed. It's no longer a line name. It's a it's a suffix. You have the S22 Note edition and the S22 and the Ooh. S22 fan edition. You know, it's like it's Ooh. it's a, it's a modifier now. I think that's what that's they it. do. Yeah, that's it. Although, I mean, we have a foldable that uses the S Pen that they did not call the Note edition. True, because, yeah. and it doesn't yes. have a, it doesn't have a silo in it, and that's the, I think that's the number that's one killer true. of that utility. It, I understand they didn't have much space to work with, but I wanted that silo. You want to you put that silo in, you make that give that pen a home, then you can call it the Note Edition, in my opinion. Yeah, it has to have a, a home somewhere. The silo is nice, but even like the original Apple Pencil for the earlier iPads that you had to stick into the Lightning port to charge, I never had that around because I where is I don't know where I put it, but the new Apple Pencil just sticks on the side. It's always there. I know where it is. Same credit to Microsoft for doing that with the Duo 2. You can slap that Absolutely. Surface Correct. Pen right on the cover there. One of the only good things about that device at launch. I was just going to say that. <laughs> it has gotten better. <laughs> the Duo 2, is that, that's just going to be the, our dimension of the Duo. Yeah, just, that, it, that's It's enough. gotten a little bit better, but it's still not great. <laughs> so, but at least it holds the pen. Switching to the Pixel, I was surprised at, at the same Qualcomm event where... Wait, one, one, more, thing on, okay. one, one more thing on Galaxy right. real quick. I just want to say, I don't know why I'm so impressed by this still, but the speed of the in-display fingerprint reader on Samsung's latest that's, phones. That's fair is so good. Yeah, okay, without haptics, I can't tell that it worked, so it's not even, I don't care how fast it is, it, it still feels like it sucks. Like, give oh, me a haptic buzz. Let me, tell me that you're okay. unlocking successfully. Like, like every other fingerprint reader ever. Why do they not do that? It drives me nuts. So, <laughs> fair enough. The fingerprint reader does transition nicely to the Pixel, though. Yes, mm, true. Pixel, Pixel 6, Pixel 6 Pro. 
So at this Qualcomm event where we were with other other folks in the space who, who who have access to every phone and could choose to carry any phone, I think we saw more pixels than than any other device out there. What? Did you look around when mm-hmm. when phones I did. were out? Mm-hmm. I th- I thought I saw, I saw. I pretty much felt like everyone had an iPhone, and then a lot of people had an iPhone and a Pixel. I saw a lot of pixels, despite a lot of Pixel Six out there. Right. Yeah. Let's say the fingerprint reader not being quick. It does give you haptics though. It does. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it does. I mean, you do get haptics letting you know it's it's slow to unlock, but you do get haptics. Well, I think the train of thought there goes. All right, I'm going to Hawaii. What phone do I want to at of least course. have in my bag? Well, you want the Pixel. I mean, for all the things it does well and doesn't do, like, oh my God, if I'm taking a, a once in a lifetime shot of a Hawaiian sunset, I want the Pixel mm-hmm. Six. That's what. Or I want. a manta ray. Or a manta ray. Oh, nice. Ray. Nice cut. That was the other dinner we shared together. That yes. manta ray was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Delicacy. <laughs> uh, Pixel 6 is probably my, it's like my delight of the year. Hmm. Because every year I feel like, like you, you always get the rumors of here's what's being worked on. And you see the pictures like leaked renders, but you don't know what's going to actually feel like when you use it especially with the pixel line though it's always like here's what's going to look like here it is and it always feels so disconnected from what was previous or usually like starting with pixel four or five it's always pixel one two and three felt cohesive and then from there it felt like each one lived in its own world pixel six also does live in its own world but it feels good it feels premium it feels like a phone that can compete with Samsung, compete with Apple. And competing with Apple is kind of different because you're, you're on iOS and you're competing with software as well. But from if you're on the same side of the spectrum, if you're on an Android device and you love Android, the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro are legitimately worthy of your attention and consideration this year. Competitive is the name of the game. You are absolutely right. I think, you know, they get so much praise lavished upon them that people tend to think the 6 and 6 Pro are somehow perfect or close to perfect, and they're not. There's a lot of things that I would change about them. But they are competitive in a way that Pixels have not been for a long time. And so much of that comes down to the price. That's part of that mm-hmm. delight. You know, it's yeah. kind of like the, the best OnePlus phones where you're like, you know, there's a lot of things that don't really go well here, but you're, you're paying a lot less for it. And the camera is not very good. And with the Pixel, you don't have to say the camera is not very good. People still don't know what they're going to get with the Pixel. I feel like the Pixel is like a, I don't know their analogy, but like a, a freshman in college who keeps changing their major. Mm. We're going to be flagship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, now I'm not flagship anymore. Now I'm a budget phone. Now right. I'm flagship. Now I'm flagship again. But don't think of me as a budget phone from five months ago. <laughs> it, it's hard for people to know what to get when they're if not following the space so closely. You just, you, people don't aren't aware of what the Pixel is. Yeah. From generation to generation. That is true. That's ultimately an issue. But what you do have, to Michael's point, is a very competitive, very well-rounded device that is not without its flaws. But I think the flaws that it has are manageable ones, and none of them are deal breakers, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Has Google done a better job explaining what the Pixel is this year? Have they done a better job? That's what I was going to say. I think they're going to have to establish consistent messaging going forward. And I think it's so early in the Pixel 6 campaign. I'm not prepared to judge them on it yet. To be honest, I don't remember a lot of Pixel 6 spots. I know they're everywhere. I'm surrounded by Pixel 6 billboards literally right now. I don't remember what any of them convey. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a me thing. Maybe that's a them thing. Who knows? I would want to say, based on using the two, the 6 and the 6 Pro, I'm really over it with the curved side displays. 
They do Displays look good. Displays that curve on the edges. Of, they look they look great. They but look they're, they're, they're disasters to hold. Usability, right? it's just, I didn't, I didn't tap that button. I'm just holding you like, I can't do that anymore. Can we please move <laughs> away? Just move away. It's funny how the, like, the experiences vary, right? Because that's what I feared. I, I reviewed the small guy first, then went on to the pro. And I expected all these phantom taps on the sides. And nope. It worked fine for me. Like the palm rejection was good on the pro and I couldn't believe it. Mm, so, okay. You know, well, depends. my palms are a little more. Depends on our, po- no, I th- I'm getting meaty paws, Andrew. I'm catching up to you. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have seen like a Frankenpixel. Google has in mean? their, Google has in their, in their bag of past devices. I think one of the best biometric facial unlockers that's been done in recent years with the Pixel 4 XL. That was so good and so well done. And then it was gone. I would love to see that come back. I also loved the squeeze feature that we had. Oh, that was at the Pixel 4 as well. That was the 4, yes. When you could, you know, you could set it if you want to. If you don't want to use it, turn it off. It's not a problem. Pretend it's not even there. I use that for Google Assistant all the time. That's what I mean by that you don't know what you're getting with the Pixel. There's amazing features and then they're just gone. Like they... That's a Google thing, though. That's like all of Google. They make so many things that just disappear. Bring back the facial unlock. It was so good. Don't do that. No, we're all wearing masks. Stop it. Stop it. This face unlock is the most frustrating and dumb thing I've ever used in this in this age. There's workarounds. Wow. No. Wow. Put them both in there if you have to, but just don't don't make me use face unlock. Redundancy. Sure. Yes. Please. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That that could transition us to the iPhone, but should we talk iPhone or should we go with the foldables? What should we I talk mean, about? Oh, you know, know my iPhone. vote. I mean, the iPhone's going to take me 10 Let's seconds. Yeah. Let's talk about the iPhone. We know the iPhone. It's got slightly better cameras than last year. It's available mm-hmm. in a new color. Rec- and the screen's better. Yes. Yeah, and the, screen, the screen's better. We've talked yep. about the iPhone. <laughs> this guy. Look and, at this. Andrew, anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else, what else is there to say? For the iPhone 13, I actually did not expect the camera to be as good as it was. Same. I'll give that. I'll and give what that. I mean yep. by that is the the year over year improvement from eleven to twelve was pretty big. It was especially twelve Pro or twelve Pro Max. It was very big. So I expected okay, that's the because they don't do big like leaps year after year after year. It's usually refinements and then a, a leap every two or three years. They took the camera from the twelve Pro Max and put it into the standard thirteen and thirteen mini. And then they gave the Pro line an even better camera, which many people looked at the back and was talking like, why is this camera module so huge? And I remember when camera companies used to try to kind of hide the module or downplay the camera bump. And now when you look at marketing, like Apple's marketing, when they revealed the Pro, what they actually revealed was the camera bump. And they went for the side profile to show, look how substantial these cameras are. And we've seen that from other companies too, Sony, for example, like where they kind of leaning in and saying these phones, I think for a lot of us actually, in, in, especially in what we do, we see our phones as cameras almost primarily. And then they do other stuff too. We use apps, et cetera, but the camera is such an important part of, of these phones, like the pixel, like you were saying, you're going to Hawaii. What are you grabbing? I'm grabbing a pixel because of the camera. Right? So for me, Seeing that year-over-year improvement on the 12 Pro Max that everyone complained about, why couldn't this be in the smaller phones too? And then Apple just brought it to the smallest phone. 
and then made the camera even better. I was excited about that. And then ProMotion, which John said last year, they should be ashamed of themselves is not on a 12. I did. (laughs) They brought it to the 13. And I did actually want to ask you about that, John. Like, I don't know since I've been, you know, I've been using the 13 since it came out in September, right? So about three months. And I haven't gone back to previous devices. I'm curious if I were to go back to a 12 or an 11, would I use it and know, oh, wow, I can see the difference. Listen, I blush over the iPhone. Not to say there aren't improvements because it's, it's generally, it's, it's a little bit on the boring side. We've talked about it ad nauseum. It's not a new design refresh. The ProMotion, the high refresh screen is wonderful. It's a feature that should have been there years ago. It's certainly noticeable if you look at a, the 13 or any of the 12 line that it's not there. The cameras are great. Much like the barrier of entry to a Pixel is really good cameras, the barrier of entry to an iPhone, especially a Pro one, is it's got to have great cameras. The display now has to be great. And Apple did that. And listen, the 13 Pro Max is still a phone that I carry in my pocket. It's probably my most used phone of the year, but doesn't mean it's not a boring device. It does what it does really well. Michael Fisher, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what do you I think? Mean, no, there you go. I mean, like it's. I have a 13 <laughs> Pro in my bag. I use it as my run and gun B roll camera, as I have with the 12 and the 11, and half of the 10s lifespan too, because it's the best on the go video camera you can find, and the stills are now also tremendous. It's a wonderful camera. The device bores me to tears, but it's a wonderful, wonderful camera. Now, out of curiosity, when you say the device bores you to tears, is it because of it's the Apple device, or is it because you have moved past the candy bar form factor in your mind and any candy bar phone you find slightly boring? Like which, or is it a combination of the both? The latter, the latter. No, I mean, I'd like the foldables have captured my imagination to such a degree and changed the way I use my phones to such a degree that, yeah, I mean, it's it, any candy bar style phone does feel much less exciting and a lot more cramped, I have to say. I mean, like when you carry a tablet in your pocket, suddenly every other phone feels like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm I'm glad this makes you happy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. Like foldables, obviously, or maybe it's not obvious to some people, but I felt like you guys both know, actually, we've talked about this on previous shows together. I was never feeling super excited about the foldables, especially the Z flip side of the foldables. I always felt like the second you unfold it, that's when you start using it. And then it's just like any other candy bar phone anyway. You fold it up and then it goes in your pocket. So you're not using it. It's just the fun of unfolding it. To me, that was kind of a gimmick. Fast forward here, 2021, and I took that back. I took back that sentiment. I mean, I can still kind of make that argument, but I feel like there's a lot more utility now to these folding devices. And the, and the Z Fold, not Flip, but the Fold itself, the tablet in your pocket, really came into its own this year as a device that I did not feel like I had to baby, that I did not have to, I I always felt worried. I felt like someone handed, like, I remember one time we were at a Samsung event and Jonathan Morrison was there and he handed me, he just let me hold like his, I think it was like an $80,000 camera or something that he had, right? With the lens and everything. He's like, here, check this out. Hold it. I'm like, while I was holding it, I was, it was like, it was like handing a baby to like a 20 year old man. It was like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what to do with this. Um, that's how I felt using the Z fold and the Z fold two. I felt like I have to think about how I'm using this so that I don't damage it somehow. 
Z Fold 3, I don't feel that way anymore. So foldables for me this year, and also the main point, actually, Samsung has absolutely stamped their mark on the industry, similar to how Apple stamped their mark with the original iPhone, in my opinion. For sure. Anyone who comes with foldables from here on out, they're going to be compared against what Samsung has done. Yeah. Similar to how every phone, even when manufacturers are presenting phones, they'll compare them to the iPhone on stage. People will compare this to the iPhone. That's kind of the bar. I feel like for foldables, Samsung absolutely is going to be the bar going forward. Which is a shame if you're Motorola. Because, boy, if there was every year not to miss a cycle and to be late on your Razor 3, this wasn't the year to do that. And I'm sure they couldn't help it, but but what a shame. Because Motorola is responsible for relaunching the clamshell form factor as a foldable. The Razor beat the Z Flip to market. The Razor was better in many ways than the Z Flip was. But Samsung just, what a juggernaut. I mean, Samsung, just the pace of evolution and innovation and combined with price reduction, Samsung is just owning the narrative right now with foldables in, in a crazy way. Remind me before I say anything else, when does this episode come out? This will be probably by the end of this week, probably Friday. Okay, but after Wednesday, because the new entrants arrive all the time. But like, even though there's a lot of great things I have to say about the, the Oppo and Find N, Samsung is still going to just just completely dominate this conversation going forward because they have the market presence and they have the momentum. I completely agree. It's hard to think of foldables without thinking of Samsung. And I think they've they've done a very admirable job at crafting that narrative. And I, mean, I will say, like, Andrew, I don't think you needed to be too cautious with the fold, too. I must have dropped that thing in a, in a, in a drunken haze 5,500 times. Yeah, no. The, 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 the thing you have to worry about foldables is cr- cracking themselves in half at the crease with the way Samsung does the bend. And that's something you can't. It doesn't matter how rough you are on them. I'm pretty hard on my foldables, and I've yet to break one in that manner yet. Do you carry around both yeah. these oh. days still? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Fold 3 for weekdays and Flip 3 and Razor for weekends and weeknights. Flip 3 and Razor for weeknights. Yeah, I alternate them week. Flip 3 week. and Razor. I, try, I oh, okay. alternate them week by week. So you're not, yeah. dual, you're not dual wielding. Not always. Yeah. Well, unless, I'm, unless I know John's going to be at dinner and then I just like to flex. <laughs> there you go. Then, then they come out. <laughs> John, what about you? I've gone two phones for a lot of the year. Now I'm down to just one. I'm carrying the 13 Pro Max for, for most okay. things. If you're carrying a foldable, though, I was carrying are you going Z- fold or Z Flip? Z Fold. I just, I Z Fold. Uh, still, just being able to open the screen and have it just be bigger still seems like magic. It's not always practical. I don't always need it, but there's just that the wonder is still very much there. Okay. Since we just have a couple minutes left, let me ask you guys. So I already gave my answer, which is the question is going to be what do you want to see and what would you eliminate? for uh, 2022. My elimination would be the waterfall displays, those curved displays. Please just do away with those. What about you guys? I need a second there on that, John. I need to see, I didn't get these pre-questions sent over to me in the, in the, in the briefing package, you see. <laughs> I, 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 I can help in. I would eliminate single biometrics. And I think Michael kind of alluded to that. Uh, yeah. Redundant biometrics are absolutely amazing. I love facial unlocking. Michael doesn't. Why can't I have incredible in-screen fingerprint reader, plus have the option when I'm not wearing a mask to use facial unlocking. Sometimes it's convenient. I don't know why that's such a rare thing to find. In, and I'm not talking like using a single camera. I'm talking like a biometric facial unlock plus a, a physical fingerprint unlock, whether it's it's in-screen or on the back or the side. 
I would love to see that. So I love to see brands leave single biometrics away, go towards redundant and give us the choice. Multiple. Yeah. Is it okay if my elimination only addresses the foldable segment? Of course it does. Uh, sorry. I like This is really, really very niche, but I would eliminate the folding approach that Samsung uses for its material right now. Like the way Samsung folds their screens is very narrow radius. And what that gives you is a big old crease, which is not attractive. And it also creates more stress, which is resulting in more display failures. We have seen from Motorola, from Lenovo and Xiaomi and Huawei and now Oppo that you can use a teardrop, you can use a bigger fold and the crease goes away and the displays don't shatter for no reason. Let's do that. Let's just move to that model completely and leave the creases in the past. That's what I would do. Very nice. Michael Fisher. Andrew Edwards. Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you. John Fetcher, Andrew Edwards. We are Scott the greatest guests great in the history of guests. <laughs> I'm going right, to come on. This is the greatest episode. I'm going to come on next time. Don't worry. <laughs> no, really. Thank you for having me. You are the man to talk to when it comes to phones. Knowing that it's this time of year and it's, we're having, it's just, it's the perfect the meeting of the, the person and the date and the time. This is, it's like you're our Dr. Strange. In this <laughs> Honored as always, gentlemen. Thank you, both. Michael. Thank you. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up, that's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.